Yo, 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 hey, 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 what's up? It's the host, Ryan Allen, and welcome to All In, All Out. I thank all of you for joining today. I thank all of you for taking the time out to listen today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whatever time it may be, and quite frankly, whatever day it may be. I thank all of you for joining, first-timers or consistent comers. Thank you, and I greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get the show popping. So, I want to continue on my previous episode when referring to the the scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. For those who aren't familiar with the last episode I did in regard to the two females essentially embarrassing the gentlemen, respectively, because of how they perceived the males were treating them just by their viewing of them. But the reason why I want to essentially do a part two on 1 Timothy 2.9 is because I didn't get in depth or at least discuss in context the second part of First Timothy two nine, and that part is the part mentioning not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. So let me read the whole verse just for those who are unaware. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. It reads, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Now, first thing I want to mention is the word shamefacedness. Now, the definition of shamefacedness, and I'm reading from the Merriam-Webster 1828 definition because that's the source that everyone should go to, in my opinion. It's the most accurate definition that you'll get, especially in accordance to the Word of God. Excuse me. It reads, showing modesty, showing shame as well. Now, when it comes to the word shame, it's speaking on, for example, if you go into an area or go into a place of that you should be dressing professionally, modestly, and you're showing your belly button. You should be ashamed of yourself because that is not a place 
to be showing your belly button, showing your tummy in general, or if you wear a high up skirt to the point when you bend over, <laughs> people can see your crack. You know, you should be ashamed of yourself for that. And some people may think, may be thinking, oh, why Brady? What's wrong with Brady here? What's wrong with wearing gold or pearls or costly array? Well, after reading the scripture and doing some research, here's what the verse means. It's referring to how women are dressing and caring for their hair. And that during the church gatherings, they weren't and they're not deemed an appropriate time to dress seductively or for attention. And the same goes for both men and women. And, and the reason why is mentioning women because Men, I'm excuse me, women, they naturally are going to draw more of the attention than the men because of their curves, their the chest, the backside, et cetera, et cetera. For and in regards to Brady here, during that time, women were not to focus on Brady here. Not necessarily because certain hairstyles were a sin. It was rather the message and the motives behind the braiding of the hair or certain hairstyles. You know, during that time in Ephesus, which is a, I believe it's a place in Turkey, braiding your hair was considered a symbol of luxurious status. You know, during that, that time, it required much time and financial cost to even get your hair braided. It was the equivalent of modern hairstyles requiring significant time and cost. So essentially, Apostle Paul is saying, you know, you put in this much energy into hairstyles, financially and with your time is suggesting that you're putting more emphasis on yourself rather than worshiping God. Now, that's not to say you show up to church looking like a bum or looking like a hoochie mama. But what it's saying is you're, the whole point of going to church is just to worship God. It, it, it's to continue to mature in the ways of Christ. I, I can't tell you how many times where I showed up at church just with a long sleeve and dress pants and dress shoes. There was a good. It was a long period of time where I I didn't wear a tie. Long period of time. Now part of that was because 
I didn't want to take extra time to dress up with a tie, button down, things of that nature. But I would tell certain individuals, look, it could be people in a church wearing a three-piece suit and not getting jack from the word of God. They're not even listening. They're thinking about what they're going to eat later that evening. And there could be people in the church wearing gym shorts, a T-shirt, and some G- Jordans. And they, <laughs> they're worshiping God. They're all into the message. They're focused, laser-focused on the target at hand, which is to mature and gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding from the Word of God. So, if you see someone all glammed out, makeup on, lashes, weave, and all that, you really got to question their lifestyle. You really got to question their motives. Because even to me, it comes across that the person wants more attention on themselves than the message that's being brought forth. And, it's, and moving forward with this, the Apostle Paul also mentioned, about well, he addressed fancy clothes and flashy jewelry. And those items were mentioned because of the focus. Again, the focus, the intent on using money on yourself rather than to help others. And to back up that point, that is in the same book, 1 Timothy, but in chapter 6, verse 10. And in, in that verse, verse and chapter, it's talking about the love of money. And it reads, For the love of money is, is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pairs themselves through many sorrows. So again, no piece of jewelry or clothing is called explicitly a sin or a sinful act, but the message and the effect have to be considered considering the intent behind why you're wearing the jewelry, why you're wearing the fancy clothes. Why? Why? You got to ask yourself that question, why? Why are, we su- why are we in a day and age of essentially self-promoting clothes that's going to distract others from the point of a church gathering. Church gathering meaning coming together in assembly as one body and one accord to hear the gospel, hear the message at hand. And I'll tell y'all a personal story. Years ago, <laughs> this woman used to come to my church and she was a Spanish lady. She would wear 
blue jeans. And they were tight jeans. They weren't baggy jeans. And I'm pr- probably, I'm definitely in high school at this point. Two, three years into my walk with, with God. And I'm easily getting distracted. <laughs> because she had a big butt. And that's a, a preference of mine as a, as a man. I, I like big butts. So it was distracting me as a babe or in my beginning stages as a Christian, a born-again Christian, from hearing the message at hand when we would all stand up, when we would sit down. It was easier for me not to focus on that, essentially being lustful. But the the thoughts would still come to my mind because I wasn't developed enough to where any woman could stand up and got the figure that I desire for, and I'm still going to focus on God. So I'm not saying that woman intended for that to happen, but that's why... The Apostle Paul stated that women need to dress modestly. As I mentioned in the last episode, because us as men, we naturally lust after women. It's the reason, because for example, we have 20 times more testosterone than women. The testosterone, that's why men are so horny. That's why... There's a lot, not a lot, but that's why we have, we have rapists, male rapists in the world. That's why men focus on sex, sex, sex before even getting to know the individual. And that's not every guy, obviously, because I'm not one of those guys. But in the secular world, this secular world is very prominent. It's very prominent. And that's why women ought to dress modestly. And the same goes for the guys. Same, same goes for the guys. Where if you're in church and you're wearing apparel that is going to distract people or potentially distract people, from focusing at the message at hand. Shame on you. Shamefacedness. And it's so sad, particularly for women. I I sympathize for y'all because many of y'all are taught that y'all need to wear makeup. Y'all should wear makeup. Y'all should wear eyelashes except weeds and things of that nature it is it, terrible because God said you were fearfully and wonderfully made you know I, I saw a TikTok video earlier today or maybe yesterday by this female named Tabitha Swatosh and I don't believe the video is up now, but she was going, and this person 
is dealing with or has dealt with an eating disorder. And it's so weird because she she went to church can when she was younger, if I remember correctly. I saw her in one of her vlogs. She claims that her family is very religious or her dad. Don't remember which one, what she said exactly. But essentially, she came from a religious background, right? So then I asked myself, okay, she grew up in a, in a religious household. How did she get to the point where she got an eating disorder? To the point where she's so insecure about her thighs, insecure about her hands, insecure about her side profile, which I quite frankly didn't even know was a thing, and so insecure about the size of her breasts to where she feels the need to obviously do her best to, to love what she has, but go doing photo shoots and things of that nature. And I'm here to tell you today, and, and I posted a comment on it. I doubt she saw it, but I ho- and I hope she did. And I posted just one scripture. One scripture. And I, I'm going to read it. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 7. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It reads, Casting, cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection." And watches over you very carefully. Very carefully. So, what what is the scripture stating? What what is it? What does it mean by by cares? Well, let's go up one scripture, just for even more context. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride. And remember, pride comes from the word proud. Okay? God told Jesus, he, the Bible reads that God was pleased when Jesus died on the cross. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Casting all your cares. Casting all your cares. What cares? Caring about what other people think. Caring what, what other people will say. Caring what other people might say. Caring what other people do. Caring how people treat you. Caring about the comments, the reactions. Caring about the negative comments, caring about the positive comments. Cast all your care, casting your, your insecurities, casting off your sorrows, casting off your, your hardened heart, 
casting off any sin that goes against God. And the reason why I sent that scripture, because she cares too much, and there's a lot of women that care too much about what people say. They care too much. And the reason why they care is because they don't, they aren't living for God. They have not made Jesus the Lord of their life. They have not been born again. I told y'all my, <clears throat> my bullying testimony or just my story in general last year. Listen, I was insecure. I had anxiety because at one point I was in special ed, which, which was called academic assistance in that time or while I was in school. I was scared and very anxious to speak publicly. I was scared to go up to women. It, it wasn't until my junior year in high school that I went to a, a, <laughs> a woman and told her how I feel. Prior to that, it was either the woman came to me first or we talked on Facebook first, and then we spoke in public. It, it wasn't until my junior year that I did that. And other than that, prior to that, I, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, and I had an oral presentation in English class. And I was so nervous. Here's, you, if you knew me back then, here are the two ways that you know that I'm nervous. There's two levels. The first level is I will sweat. It don't matter the temperature in the room. It could be hot or cold. I will sweat. You'll, you'll see it on my face. I, I won't get to the point of dripping, but you could see the sweat manifest. <coughs> and number two, and here's what happened. My left leg specifically will shake uncontrollably. The last time that happened, I was 16 years old. And it was the first time that I was allowed to drive my sister's old Honda Civic, her red Honda Civic, it was the 2006. And I remember specifically pulling up to the parking spot at the, our old apartment complex and my left leg was shaking uncontrollably because I was that nervous and that anxious. But then I realized to get over it. I couldn't do it by myself. I had to give it all to God. Give it all to God and to not live in fear. Because fear will hold you back. Fear will keep you from your destiny. Fear will keep you from following God and following the Lord.
And I knew going now going forward to my junior year with the woman who I had a crush on. I, I and I and here's what God told me. I'll never forget it. She was in the math resource center. It was seventh period, last day, last period of the day. Is she just sitting there in the, in the in the resource center? And I'm pacing back and forth over a short period of time. Now, and I, I I'm stalling now. I'm stalling. My heart's racing. Uh, I, I kept calling myself. Uh, well, I kept saying, "Stop being the. Stop being a P. Stop being a P. Stop being a P." And I just hear God tell me, Brian, if you don't get over this fear, you're not going to move forward in life. Because I'm going to need you to approach people. And if you don't handle this now, you're not going to be in a position to do it. Uh, and I'm just paraphrasing. So I, I I sucked it up and I went to the resource center. I told her how I felt. We talked for a day, and that was it. <laughs> I walked into her designated bus, gave her a hug. We talked on, I believe, Twitter for a day or two, and that was it. <laughs> and after I realized that it wasn't going to move forward, I realized early on. I remember, I believe I told all of you, when I was a freshman in high school, after being in a year-long relationship, I call it a year, even though it was on and off, I said to myself, I said the next girl, exactly what I told myself, I said the next relationship I have, I want a long-term relationship in my 14-year-old brain. But in reality, what I was saying was, the next time I am in a relationship, I'm going to get married. Because I experienced the year relationship. I don't want no four-month thing, one-year thing. I believe, and I'll talk about it one day, I believe that a person should, a couple should be in a relationship for three to five years. Three to five years. It don't take 10 years to get married. <laughs> it don't take 10 years, 8 to 10 years, 12 years to get married. My gosh, man. But, but that's for another day. Let me get back to the topic at hand. 1 Timothy 2.9, okay? Again, I, I, I feel for these women. I empathize. Matter of fact... I empathize for these women because they're so persecuted. 
externally with how they're shaped, how they look, from the hair to their chest to the backside, the stomach to the hand, even the hands, the hands. And, and that's why part of it, I blame the Kardashians and I blame all these Instagram models. That's why Instagram and social media in general could be dangerous because they portray things as if they are real. They are real and they're fake. They're phony. They're a fraud. And actually, I, I want to play a, a video and the guy you're about to hear, his name is Pastor... Gino Jenkins, and he's the head pastor at the First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to talk about Jezebel and Jehu. Now, for those who don't know who Jehu is, he was a commander of chariots for the king of Israel and Ahab and his son Jehoram of Israel's frontier facing Damascus and Israel. And Jezebel, well, y'all should know who Jezebel is. I I'm just going to leave it at that. She is nasty woman, nasty woman to say the least. But here here's the clip from Pastor Gino Jenkins, First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's just skip that quickly now because the clock is moving. <coughs> in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 9. All right. Nine, and we're down reading at verse 30. Come on, son. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel. When Jehu came to Jezreel. Jezebel heard of it. Jezebel heard of it. And she painted her face. Who painted her? Wait a minute. Who painted their face? Jezebel. Who painted their face? Jezebel. You don't find a holy woman in the Bible wore face paint, which is today called makeup. That's right. Amen. God didn't make your lips that color. Why do you? Amen. God didn't make your cheeks that color. Why do you? Yeah. God didn't make your eyebrows like that. Why do you? That's right. What are you teaching, Pastor Jennings? We're teaching all of our women of every race. Love the way God made you. Amen. 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 Yeah? Amen. Holy women don't wear our brown pencil, our line shadow. Don't wear wigs. Don't wear fake ponytails. Don't wear hair extensions. Don't wear fake nails. Don't wear none of that stuff. Amen. Holy women don't wear that stuff. That's right. Don't wear splits. Don't wear none of that. Don't wear sheer clothing, advertising your underclothes. Yeah. That's why it's called underclothes. Awesome. They are under your clothes. That's right. Right. Huh? Amen. Sometimes women wear a blouse cut down, the hair showing their cleavage, and then the brother in church looking. Then right. you want you ready to call him a pervert. <laughs> really? Then why are you advertising your trick or treats? <laughs> why are you advertising your trick or treats? That's right. Do you know it's the nature of a man to look there? Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Amen. Cover it up. 
Oh, this is old-fashioned holiness. Oh, yeah. Old-fashioned holiness, you find the old mothers with their dresses almost to their ankles. Yeah. And they teach the young women the same thing. Sometimes old women say, huh, I ain't wearing my dresses down to my ankles like an old woman, and you got a senior citizen's card, what else are you? What's the matter with you? That's right. Why would an old woman complain about having a long dress? In fact, you should be getting on these young women. Tell them clothes that split up. Go get that dress down longer. So a lot of these young women don't respect you old women because you out there just like them. Ankle chains on, fake hair, fingernails all painting up. That's right. And you out there want to be your sister's, your daughter's sister. These young girls need a mother. Amen. Amen. You want to be out there shaking your behind with your daughter, and she's out there bumping and grinding with her boyfriend, and you bumping and grinding with her boyfriend. That's right. He's spot on. Even recently, Erica Badu took a picture or pictures with her daughter showing their backside. And, and, and people want to glorify this. They, they, they want to embrace it. What are you teaching your child to prostitute themselves? For what? For what reason? You know, the Bible, <coughs> the Bible states to, to raise up a child in the eyes of God. So when they get older, they shall not depart. And we see someone like Erica Badu. Not that she's special in any way, in the sense that she's better than anyone. We have someone like her taking booty pics with her own daughter. Now, regardless if it was her daughter or not, she shouldn't be taking booty pics. And as Pastor Jennings said, and, and you're wondering, you going to church, going to other places, showing your cleavage, and you wonder why guys are looking at you and you're ready to call him a pervert. He's spot on with it. You know, so he's spot on. He didn't make your lips red. He didn't make your, your face, or he, I believe he said cheeks, that cheeks that color. Love the way God made you. And you can't find a person in the Bible, a holy person, who ever wore makeup, who ever had any sort of filter. Can't find it. And I challenge anyone that, that believes otherwise. Love the way God made you. Love the way God made you to be. And, and man, I wish I could have that video with Tabitha. And I, I really wish I could meet her. Just a question, how was she raised? Did her parents really teach her the gospel? Did, did they really do it? And it's the problem. That, 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 that people, 
they they grow up in a relig- quote unquote religious household. They go to church camp and things of that nature. But are they really being taught the Bible? Are they really being taught about the new covenant? Not that the old covenant doesn't matter. Is that we are in the, in the new covenant? Because I'll tell you right now for a fact, if she was living for God and not worrying about what people say, what people do, or how they're going to react, how they're going to perceive her, she wouldn't be talking the way that she do. She wouldn't have an eating disorder. And if her parents were raising her properly in accordance to the word of God, she wouldn't have gone through that. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Only Jesus can heal that. Only Jesus can can take your pain and give you peace, give you long-suffering, give you kindness, gentleness. Only Jesus can do that. So going back to the original point, Original point in 1 Timothy 2.9. Wearing a makeup, wearing makeup is not a sin. You're not going to go to hell for wearing makeup. You're not going to go to hell for, <coughs> for putting mascara on and all that foolishness. You're not going to hell for wearing a wig. But it's the, but it's the intent. It's the motive behind it. And the question, women, you women should ask yourselves, why do you do it? Why do you do it? If you do it for men, shame on you. Because if you feel the need to wear makeup, to not show off, show off your natural beauty, I always say, a woman's best beauty is her natural beauty because that's how God made her. I, ha- I would have more respect for a woman who is naturally bald or has natural short hair than for a woman to wear a wig. Matter of fact, I have more respect for a, 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 a woman who has long hair, but it's, it's nappy, then for a woman who has the same nappy hair, but put in extensions, put in a wig. I have more respect for the natural person. You know, I, at my job, a person who's a former colleague now, she had asked me, you know, what do you prefer? You prefer... This or before that? One picture, I, I believe she was wearing pink. Another picture, she was wearing her natural black hair. I said, no, go with the black hair. Go with the black hair. And, and later that night, you know, I was driving her home, and I asked her the question, oh, why, why do you have the desire or feel the need to wear a wig or extensions or makeup or whatever 
because of the same reason I'm telling y'all right now. You're beautiful just the way you are. And I wasn't trying to hit on her or anything, but I just want to express it to her that you're beautiful just the way you are. Because I know in the black community, wigs and weaves are very prominent along with makeup. And there are taught that you know, if, you, if you're going out on a date with a guy, make sure you get your hair done. Make sure that you wear makeup so you can impress the guy. Whatnot. Man, every date you should go to, every first date, it should be your natural self. It should be your natural self. Now, I've heard someone, when I brought up the topic to someone, they, they made one point. I said, oh, what about you getting a, 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 a haircut? And then I said to them, it's still my hair. It's still me. I'm not putting on a weave. I'm not putting on extensions. I'm not putting on any filter. It's still my hair. It's me. It's me. And as I mentioned, you're not going to go to hell for, for wearing makeup, putting on jewelry and things of that nature. Unless it's in a form of idolatry. Where, so, for example, you have a chain and you have a cross. And then you have supposedly Jesus there on the cross. That's a form of idolatry. Other than that, you're not going to go to hell. You're not going to go to hell for wearing or wearing anything of that nature, mascara, things of that nature. But really, women, ask yourself this question. Why do you wear makeup? Why do you wear fake nails, hair extensions, fake ponytails, fake eyelashes? Why do you feel the need to do that? And if it's because of an insecurity, if it's because of an anxiety, I'm here to tell all of you today, if you want to get rid of that insecurity, if you want to get rid of that anxiety, if you want to get rid of all of that sadness and shame or you feel embarrassed because of how you look naturally, whether you're, if you're like Tabitha, you're, you don't like your small breasts or you don't like your thighs, you don't like your face, you don't like your nose, I'm here to tell all of you today that God loves you the way that you are, that all of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't need to get a boob job. You don't need to get a, what do you call it, a BBL, I, I believe, a Brazilian butt lift. Yep. You don't need to get any forms of plastic surgery or any other cosmetic surgeries. Embrace the way God made you to be. Because you were built and created uniquely. 
no one on the planet looks like the way that you do or I do. And if you're still struggling to accept that, come to the Lord. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Because I promise all of you, because I have experience for myself, once I gave my life to the Lord, became born again, and a disciple of Jesus, I casted away all of those anxieties. I casted away what people thought of me or what they might thought of me. I didn't care anymore. Because as long as I know and I knew that I was following God and that I was living for God, people's opinions didn't matter. They, they, they don't matter. If they're not judging righteously, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I don't care what the bullies say. I don't, I don't care what people say, especially sinners, because I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made the way God made me. Because there's only one of one. I'm here to tell all of you today that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loves all of you the way that you are. You don't need to have makeup. You don't need any other filter such as eyelashes, eyelash extensions, extensions, putting red lipstick on your lips, changing your face to a different color, changing your, your nail colors different, putting on fake nail extensions. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it because for the women... If a guy is not able to love you the way that you are naturally made, well, first off, don't be unequally yoked to unbelievers. But even so, if a, if a guy won't or isn't attracted to you or has a problem with the way you look naturally and is even encouraging you to filter yourself in any way, shape, and form, run. That guy is not for you. That, that guy enjoys fakeness and fraudness. God loves you the way that you are because he made you. <sighs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's all I got for today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that all of you enjoyed this episode. You can follow me on all or any of my social media profiles. They'll be in the link tree link below. 
If you desire, please leave a five-star rating or a comment. And with that being said, stay blessed and stay well balanced. Thank you, everyone. Peace.